Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wise, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With Wise, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how Wise could work for you at wise.com. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says merely stopping the invasion of Ukraine may not be enough for Russia to get relief from sanctions. He made that comment in an interview with my co-host Steve Inskeep. Blinken is a central player in the diplomatic effort responding to Russia's attack on Ukraine, and Steve spoke with him via Skype last night. In our conversation, Blinken laid down a marker for Vladimir Putin's Russia to get out from under the sanctions that are devastating Russia's economy. Russia must stop its invasion, but more than that, the peace must somehow be permanent, irreversible, Blinken says. There's no sign that Russia is interested, and also no sign that Russian troops are remotely near their goals, which explains why Blinken said recently that people need to be ready for a lasting war. You said, and I'll just read this, we have to be prepared, unfortunately, tragically, for this to go on for some time, meaning the Russian invasion Mm -hmm. of Ukraine. I want to explore some of the implications of that. Do we need to be prepared for the reality of the continued destruction of Ukrainian cities? Steve, I'm afraid that we do. We've seen the brutality that uh, Vladimir Putin has brought to this. We know his his track record uh, in Chechnya. Uh, we know the track record of what he's aided and abetted in Syria. I think we have to expect the same. And part of the reason we have to expect the same is that uh, this has not gone according to uh, to Putin's plan. It's He anticipated that somehow um, they would go into uh, to Ukraine. Uh, the uh, Ukrainians would either somehow welcome them or at least um, fold their tents and, and, and move out. And of course, exactly the opposite has happened. You've got more than 40 million Ukrainians who are standing strong in opposition to, uh, to, to Putin, to Russia, and who will never be subjugated uh, to Russia. But we're talking about this now going on for some time, watching this ongoing destruction for some time. How hard is it going to be to watch that destruction and continue saying no to some of the kinds of aid that President Zelensky is asking for? Well, let's focus on what we're saying yes to, because it's been extraordinary. Uh, the support that uh, we've provided, other countries have support, uh, provided in coordination with us in terms of security assistance, the stuff that is actually working, that is getting into Ukrainian hands, uh, that's making all the difference in, in them being able to defend themselves, uh, being able to shoot down Russian planes and take out Russian tanks. Uh, that's been an extraordinary effort. And as I said, it's ongoing. We're about, thanks to Congress, uh, to get another uh, $13.5 billion, uh, a big chunk of which will go to that effort. Uh, we're coordinating efforts around the world to get this kind of assistance in, uh, and that's happening, uh, and that's working. Second, we're exerting extraordinary pressure on Putin and Russia uh, itself. One of the reasons that President Biden is going to Europe next week, going to uh, to NATO and meeting with other uh, European leaders, is to sustain that effort, sustain the effort for Ukraine uh, and uh, against Russia. Are you prepared to send more kinds of armaments, such as longer-range anti-aircraft missiles, like the old Soviet S-300s? In short, we're looking at everything that we believe can be effective, uh, and that's the main thing. We want to make sure that uh, what we're, we're providing, what others are providing, uh, can get there, get into Ukrainian hands, and be used effectively. You mentioned uh, Secretary Blinken, the sanctions against Russia. Of course, if the war goes on for some time, the sanctions go on for some time. They begin to feel permanent. How is the world likely to be a different place if Russia is permanently unplugged from the global economy? Well, Steve, two things. First, sanctions in and of themselves are not designed to be permanent. They're, they're a tool. And if you get the result that you're, 
you're trying to achieve, the sanctions go away. And so uh, my strong hope would be that uh, this war gets brought to an end, that Putin stops the aggression, and then the uh, the sanctions uh, ultimately stop. But yes, there are certainly changes that we're seeing and changes that can be profound. One of the changes is that Europeans are looking really hard, not only looking, but starting to act on energy diversification, on energy security, uh, and weaning themselves off of uh, Russian oil, Russian gas. That would be uh, a major change. One of the things we're doing is denying Russia the technology it needs to modernize its country, to modernize key industries, defense and aerospace, uh, its uh, its high-tech sector, uh, energy exploration. All of these things are going to have profound effects. And again, not just the immediate effects we're seeing, but increasing uh, and growing over time. Some of these changes would seem almost irreversible at this point, Mr. Secretary. Are you still prepared to tell Russia that if the shooting stops, the sanctions can all stop, that everything can go back the way that it was? If uh, the, uh, the, the war ends, Ukraine's independence, territorial integrity, sovereignty uh, are restored, then many of the tools that we're, we're using to, to get to that result, uh, of course, that's the, that's, the, that's the purpose of them. They're not designed to be permanent. But here's the part of our conversation where Blinken used the word irreversible in his own way. He set a standard for what Russia would have to do to get out from under sanctions. Blinken says Russia must not only abandon its invasion, but must somehow change the situation in a way that the invasion could never happen again. We will want to make sure, they will want to make sure that anything that's done is in effect irreversible, that this can't happen again, uh, that Russia won't uh, pick up and do exactly what it's doing in a year or two years or three years. Are the United States and its European allies capable of isolating China in the way that you've isolated Russia if China were to aid Russia beyond some certain point? Well, China's already on the wrong side of history when it comes to uh, to Ukraine and the aggression being committed by Russia. Uh, the fact that it has not stood strongly against it, that it has not pronounced itself against this aggression, uh, flies in the face of uh, China's commitments as a permanent member of the United Nations Security Council responsible for maintaining peace and security. Uh, it's totally inconsistent with what China uh, says and repeats over and over again about the sanctity of the United Nations Charter and it, the basic principles, including uh, the sovereignty of nations. And so we're looking to China to um, uh, to speak out, to speak up, uh, and to be very clear. Second, of course, if, if China actually provides material support in one way or another uh, to Russia in this effort, uh, that would be even worse and something we're looking very carefully at. But I think this is doing real damage to China reputationally uh, in Asia, in Europe, uh, in Africa and other parts of the world, something it has to pay a lot of attention to. Now, when Blinken talks about reputation, he hints at another aspect of this war, the way that it looks to the world. Russia once seemed so effective at spreading its own story and its own disinformation, but that's been overwhelmed by images of refugees, of hospitals bombed, of civilian areas smashed in Ukraine. We're also seeing uh, journalists in the uh, in the crossfire, people doing their jobs to bring uh, the the truth to the world. Uh, we've uh, we've seen a, a, a Fox team uh, that was uh, had two of its members killed, one right. one uh, injured, someone I know very well. Two of his colleagues um, lost their lives in this attack, and uh, another very prominent uh, filmmaker uh, lost his life just the other day. Do you have reason to think that Russian troops are targeting journalists? We are looking very hard at the targeting that uh, the Russian forces are doing, including whether they are deliberately, intentionally targeting civilians, journalists, anyone else. Uh, the deliberate targeting of civilians, journalists, and others would constitute a war crime. So it's something that we're 
very focused on. Of course, there's an information war going on here, and this too would go on for some time. Uh, the Ukrainians have been very effective in getting their message out. The United States, it would seem, mm. has been effective in getting its message out. But let me ask about another aspect of this. How, if at all, does the United States intend to counter voices at home who have repe- routinely repeated Russian talking points on TV? Well, Steve, happily in my job, I don't do politics. I certainly don't do domestic politics. But what we have seen uh, is this, or at least what I've seen is this. I've spent a lot of time talking to members of Congress. There's incredibly strong bipartisan support for this effort, the effort to support Ukraine, the effort to um, punish Russia for what it's doing and uh, put pressure on it. Uh, I saw that uh, not just uh, in Washington in the halls of Congress. I saw it recently at the Munich Security Conference, where there was a very strong uh, delegation from Congress, bipartisan, both houses. You you don't need to worry about the wing of the Republican Party that has been openly sympathetic to Putin over the years. Again, I don't uh, I don't do politics at home. Understood. Uh, I would just hope that uh, uh, as everyone looks at this, Americans and beyond, uh, the picture is very clear. It couldn't be more clear. We have an aggressor. We have a victim. Uh, we have a country in Russia that is a permanent member of the United Nations Security Council, a Security Council that came into being with the main purpose, the main mission of maintaining international peace and security, uh, a country now that has done more than any other to blow up that international peace and security by an unprovoked aggression against Ukraine. That's what the world should be focused on because, you know, Steve, it speaks not only to uh, to Ukraine and to the suffering of its people, it actually speaks to the entire world because these basic principles that Russia is violating, that Russia is aggressing, are the principles necessary to actually keep the peace, keep security, uh, keep international stability. If we allow them to be violated with impunity, we open a Pandora's box uh, of conflict, of confrontation, of war that we tried to close after two world wars. Um, That's what Russia is threatening right now. Final thing, Mr. Secretary, do you have any channel that is open to Vladimir Putin right now to communicate about any way to end this war? Well, various uh, leaders, countries... Uh, have sought to communicate with him, uh, may even remain in communication with him. Of course, the Ukrainians are talking to the the Russians. We, over many months, um, offered President Putin off-ramps to uh, avoid this aggression in the first place, and even since the aggression has been committed. Tragically, each and every time, instead of taking an off-ramp, he's pressed the accelerator. So uh, diplomacy ultimately is going to have to be uh, part of the solution to this, but that really depends on Vladimir Putin engaging. But when I say, do you have a channel, policy. I mean the United States. Does the United States have any channel open to Putin here? There are, there, there are always ways of, uh, of communicating. Let me leave it at that. Secretary Antony Blinken, thanks so much. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Steve. Good to be with you. The Secretary of State spoke last evening here in Washington. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Homes.com. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching, so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, one of the largest recipients of NIH funding. 
Dana-Farber scientists played a substantial role in developing more than half the cancer drugs approved by the FDA in the last five years, data through 2022. They've made one advanced cancer discovery after another for over 75 years. Dana-Farber Cancer Institute is changing lives everywhere. More at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. NPR. 